All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all anticipate an amazing show today. My name is Donnell Cole. I'm tapping in with my brother, Dr. Damon. We are Modern Manhood Masterclass. Um, you know, as usual on Fridays, we like to bring extraordinary people who are doing great things in the community that inspires us to explore greater heights of what this thing life should look like and, and create a reality that's just dope. So today we have Miss Persita with us. Um, huge platform on IG. I was following this morning, just checking out the work she's doing. Um, she is an intimate coach she is poly friendly um man you have a, a large platform surrounded around self-love and so when i was looking at um some of the content that you had one thing came to mind was liberation and it was man what does it feel like to have the freedom to explore who we are despite all of the constructs that's inside our livelihood so tell us a little bit about yourself damon how did you even meet miss Priscilla? because she's she's different she's different <laughs> <laughs> you know so so dang we go back like almost 20 years yeah so we met um we met through our fraternal and sorority connection so she's a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. And we are constitutionally bound brothers and sisters. So when we go okay. places, like it ain't no question. We know we know we we know we family when we meet. And so she went to school at um, University of Oklahoma and I was at okay. Lincoln University. So we would hang out, kick it, do all the functions. And so it's just been awesome watching Priscilla and her growth and her experiences and how the, the vibrancy of who she is and what she brings to the table. So I'm honored that you you have jumped on here with us today, my old friend, and I'm excited to really just be able to share. Yes, likewise, I'm honored to be here. Let's go. Yes. So for those who may not know you, tell us about you. What, what should we know? So what should you know? Um, my name is Miss Presida. I will definitely correct you if you say it wrong, so don't be offended. <laughs> Um, so I am an intimacy coach. I will say that that's my passion. That's not my day job yet. Um, my day job is that I'm an engineer. Wow. But what I really enjoy doing is this intimacy work. Um, I'm currently in my certification process to become a licensed sexologist um, through the NRA. It's pretty exciting through the um, Institution of Authentic Tantra Education. So it's sexologist, which is a oh, sciencey wow. side, but yeah. because it's through Tantra, it's through Eastern philosophy and it's through Eastern spirituality. So very much um, integrating the mind, the body, the spirit, and the heart and not separating them. Um, so if you are looking for any help, any support <laughs> on intimacy, because intimacy really starts within the self. There is no intimacy with other people if we don't know ourselves, if we don't know who we are, and if we haven't given ourselves permission to exist in the world in our truest form, you know, shedding off the layers of the culture that we're brought into, into the religion that we're brought into, into the, the country, into the family construct. If we can't peel back all those layers and get back to who we are and what really feels right for us and what really resonates with us and not what other people have told us feel right, then there's really like a, a there's blocks to intimacy. And then once we have intimacy within ourselves and we know our worth, it becomes such a powerful magnetizing tool to have intimacy with another person. Because when you talk about like physical intimacy, so sex, because there's a connotation around intimacy that it's, you know, just sex and it's not. Intimacy is much more than that. I, in my program, I define six versions of intimacy. So mm. sexual intimacy is just one of them. Um, and it's the culmination of all of these other types of intimacy that just happens in the physical. But Sexual intimacy is like the part where all that magic comes together and you are literally having union with another person in the way that God designed people to have the highest levels of pleasure. In Tantra, pleasure is considered medicine. In our world, we have this like medical model um, where a lot of things are just give people pills <laughs> and it's not right. necessarily at the root of it. Um, so in Tantra, it's much more about the root. It's what we put into our body physically. It's what we feed ourselves emotionally and it's allowing pleasure to come in. Yeah, it's a certain beauty whenever you understand how to manage your life force energy, man. It's yes. Let's go, baby. This is my language, baby. Yes, you knew yes. it. You said life force energy. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yes. That yes. space, that space, like when you talk about how important and how vital it is that we understand intimacy with ourselves, like that's, talk about that because that's a space where a lot of people like if you tell somebody, they come and sit down with you and they start talking about how they're not exploring or they're not ex experiencing the intimacy, intimacy they want with somebody else. And you start asking other people to proverbially leave the room. 
that can make people uncomfortable. They're like, right. this ain't about me. Yeah. What is it? Tell us more about that because you're already yeah. talking about a philosophy that that a lot of us, me included, aren't haven't really been introduced to much. Yeah, I would from? love to. So, um, intimacy with self is something we have to mentally give ourselves permission to do. First of all, um, we live in a world that's very well in this country anyway. It's very capitalist. It's very production oriented. It's about results, and it's constantly about doing. Um, intimacy intimacy is not about doing. It's about being. It's about being present Mm. with self. And it's really about intentionally taking the time, right? So it's, how do I start my morning? The majority of people in the world are waking up, snoozing three times, and barely making it out the door to get to work on time, right? What intimacy would say is, I'm actually going to wake up 30 minutes or an hour beforehand. And I'm going to give myself time to breathe because the first thing we need to exist as humans is air, to drink water because that's the second thing we need, and then to consume something. And then I'm going to sit and I'm going to feed my spirit. I'm going to write something or read something. I'm going to move. I'm going to set up a construct so that I honor myself in all of the ways that I exist in the world as a physical being, as an emotional being, as a spiritual being. Because in that time alone, um, and in the religious constructs, this is like, you know, prayer, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's similar to that. But this is much more expanded because prayer is very spirit focused. This is all, you know, totally inclusive, not just not just your spirit. Don't neglect the body, include the body right. into it, include the intellect into it. You know, read something that really gets you going for the day, that, that piques your intellectual curiosity and do that in the morning. And then again, do that in the middle of the day after you've passed through, you know, the, all the the demands in the morning, all of the obligations you're committed to. So middle of the day, right? Like something else. Now, for me, that's working out. I'm, I tend to do my workouts in the middle of the day. And that's my space where I go and I breathe and I, you know, I honor my body and I lift. That's, that's what the medicine is for me. And then same thing in the evening, you know, taking that time instead of just crashing, instead of just zoning out for three hours watching Netflix, instead of just scrolling on your phone, you know, you right. spend six hours watching reels and you're just numb. You're just high <laughs> on whatever right. that beautiful reel has supported you. It's instead being intentional on taking time. You know, if you're, if you're, method of communication with yourself is drawing if you are artistically expressive maybe that's painting you know what colors are calling to you what do you want to paint with maybe it's molding something i'm a writer so for me it's writing you know writing what resonated with me through the day you know what what did i feel today what went really well what didn't go well what am i still carrying emotionally what am mm. i still carrying spiritually and let me release that let me put that down um i also i love my tarot cards so i'm typically pulling cards you know throughout the day in the morning in the evening but it's really taking that time that quiet time you know engaging all five of your senses, playing the music you want to hear, having a really nice visual aesthetic, you know, low lights, um, having some fragrances you like, mm-hmm. having even like nourishing drinks, like water infused with fruits, lemons, things like that, things that that are tasty and not just, you know, powders, <laughs> you know, not just the little packets, but as much as we can be connected right. to earth. Um, and then even with the clothes that we wear, right, in these intimate moments with ourselves, wearing things that are soft to the touch, that are actually welcoming our body into the experience, bringing our body, which Tantra is a yoga, right? Yoga is the union of the body with the spirit. So it's in essence, yeah. Yeah. So it's bringing the body into that moment. And in the nighttime, you're honoring yourself. You're honoring the day that's passed. You're setting an intention for the day to come. And it's a much more intentional way of living. And in those spaces, and it's not about doing it once, right? And it's not about doing it perfectly because you don't have to do this without flaw. Because if I told you, I would be lying if I said every single morning I wake up and I do this. But what I will say is I'm consistent. If I miss a day, I know that I will make up for it. You know, I know that I will find the time to honor myself in the afternoon if I miss the morning. So I don't go long without checking in with myself, but it's in those moments. It's in that consistency and that structure of honoring the self that we really find the self, you know, in that quiet space, in that alone time, um, especially mm-hmm. if you have kids, right? Like you have to be, you have to really, the, the, the best analogy that's always heard is the oxygen mask, right? You have to put that oxygen mask on yourself first because kids will always make you feel like you're not doing enough and they will never make you think that it's okay Man. for you to have alone time. So, I mean, there's times where I'm putting my kids to bed and as I'm putting them to bed, I'm sitting there and I'm doing my meditation and they know because I'm sitting there, you know, I'm kind of in my posture and I'm doing my breath work and they know I'm present with them, but I'm also present with myself. And those are ways that I can get creative with the time and the demands of being a single parent and still honor myself. But the foundation of intimacy is loving self first. It all starts from within. So if within is not aligned, there's no way for anything else 
to be, you know, there, because we have divine masculine and divine feminine energy, there is a point to where the divine masculine, which is that authoritative force, that power, that strength. We live in a culture that thrives off divine masculine energy, right? It's not, it doesn't honor the gentleness, the flow, the intuition. So there is a point where you can force it. If you don't honor yourself, you can force it. You can use your grit strength and you can make stuff happen and, you know, appear to be very successful in the world. Right. But what does our society show when you do that? It doesn't, it doesn't work. You have it's, heart it's, disease, cholesterol, right. blood pressure, pressure, you know, it's, it's yeah. not sustainable. Yeah. I want to understand the nature of transitioning from that because from engineering to this one, and what I hear you saying is that self-love starts with having a conscious life. And most of us live a compulsive life where it's usually a culmination of everything else outside of us that forms who we believe we are. Yeah. But you've, you, it seems like you've allowed yourself to be able to peel back those layers that come to a great sense of just your authentic being. And so talk about that journey, because have you always lived like this? Or did you just have a wake up one day where it was like, uh, I'm tired of not feeling what feels in alignment with who I am? Yeah, that's a good question. I think fundamentally, I've always been kind of, I mean, I've just heard stories about myself as a child being rather rebellious. <laughs> so I think okay. there is a core to me that's always decided I'm going to do what I want. Um, but it probably started around college. So my background is... Um, a, First of all, I need to put a disclaimer that this is going to be a trigger warning. So um, we are about to talk about abuse. So for anyone who's watching and that's right. a trigger, just be aware. Um, but I, sp I speak about these things very openly and without guilt and shame because there's no need to carry those things when we talk about our human experiences. But I suffered from childhood sexual abuse growing up Man. at the hands of my father, who was also a preacher. So the, the things that that did to my mind is a lot. And there's a lot of people who've been through that and have not come out to the other side. So what that meant for me is when I got to college, um, there was a point in my life where the subconscious suppressed those memories. I didn't know mm -hmm. that that happened to me. Then they came flooding back and this was in college. So, you know, in college, it's okay to just be an alcoholic <laughs> because right. that's the culture. So, I mean, I kind of numbed through alcohol, but then there became a point after I got married, um, I lost a child that there that it had to be addressed, right? There were things I was very suicidal. I was um, very depressed and it was too much. It was too much. And I could tell the things were spiraling down. So I started therapy at that time. That was my early twenties. So as I started going through therapy to attack the mental issues, the root of the mental issues, I simultaneously worked on my spirit. So I left the church. I recognized that there was no way for me to reconcile Christianity and worshiping God, the father, when my humanly God, the father was my abuser. Right, there was right. no, I couldn't do that. And I had right. to honor myself that I couldn't do that. So I started, I went, I'm from India. I was born in India. So I went back to my Eastern roots. I started diving into Hinduism. I started diving into Buddhism. Um, I was raised in a very, I would say racist, anti-Islamic church. It was like yeah. very close to Southern Baptist. <laughs> so I dove into Islam because these were all the things that I had with, told were not good, not true. And I started pulling out, you know, what what is the truth from this? How can I nourish my spirit and believe? Because I've always believed in higher power. And I, I just had to reconcile. How would this happen to me if there's a higher power who cares for me? You know, just right. reconciling all that. So those things in tandem, this was like a 10 year, you know, 10 plus year evolution of cognitive behavioral therapy of Jungian analysis with Jung being, um, for those who don't know, Dr. Carl Jung, J-U-N-G. Um, mm -hmm. That's my dog, Carl yeah. Jung. Yeah. psychology. Let's yes. go. Okay. So, so there became a point where cognitive behavioral therapy had taught me everything it needed to know. I had, you know, the self-awareness. I could regulate. I was aware of my thoughts and yeah. how they influenced my, so I had that, but there was still learning I needed to do. So Jungian psychology became a way for me to understand what are the complexes, what's deeper within my subconscious that needs to be resolved. At the same time, going through the spiritual journey that took me to Tantra because I felt like I had gained everything I needed to gain from all these structures. Like I know for Islam, for example, Islam is very disciplined. You know, with Islam, mm -hmm. I was able to integrate the discipline of intimacy right now because you're praying five times a day, you know, right. there's just all these things. So I would say there were things in me from a young age that I knew I was going to do what I want and I was not going to let other people stop me. And I'm, I know that that comes from my mother. My mother is very strong. I mean, she immigrated here when she was my age in her mid thirties, totally recreated her life. Like had an accent, you know, went through mistreatment, just went through a lot to come here. So I know there's a power that runs through me that is divine and it is strong and it is able to literally move across the world and be successful. Yes. In addition Different. to that, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say that plus the work. I mean, I just really faced the work. I really was just willing to look in the mirror and say, why am I like this? What yeah. is what is what is it in me that needs to do better? How do I grow? How do I yeah. allow myself to be? So long journey of being honest. It's a lot of people who, yeah, yeah, you know, I went through a, an abuse situation, but it's fine. I'm over it. Yeah. But they've never dealt with it. How do you know? Man, it's... um. Yeah. It's 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 two questions. It's who am I, um, and and why I'm on this journey, and what is it that I'm called to cultivate in regards to permanent understanding, and I like how you're willing to look at the unconscious aspects of life. That's where the power lies, man. That is pure dopeness. Let me tell y'all, those of y'all who are watching this right now, go ahead and just start it over. <laughs> just, like, go ahead and start it over. If you're watching the replay. Roll it back because there's a whole 15 minute life lesson Man. that you like. Is, it is. Woo. And so, but for those of you guys who are watching us live, I want you guys to share, comment, like, ask questions. This is a space where, you know, Priscilla, you talk about the merging of different um, modalities and things that right. helped you to to gain some traction in taking your life and your your energy and and creating the life with the God power that you have that you want. And you talk about CBT. That's a space that I, I like, man, I love CBT and, yeah. and act and all the, the space of creating and understanding and valuing and using the tools and skills. Mm -hmm. Right. But also pairing that with the, the support that you need psychologically with counseling mm -hmm. or therapy. Those spaces are often often spaces that we in our communities, you know, black and brown communities, don't see as options talk about what allowed you to get into those spaces with mm. all of the uh, yeah that's a good question um so like i said there was a point where what happened to me was repressed but the subconscious never lets things go away so i mm -hmm. started another trigger warning i started self-harming so when i was maybe a teenager i started cutting myself at the time i was at a high school that was a boarding school and so when when you know the, the administration understood that I was doing that, I was basically forced to go to a counselor. I did not like this counselor. I did not trust this counselor, and I really would just mm. sit there and kind of look at her right for a year. I wasn't talking to her. But at that at that point, I was in, introduced to the concept of oh, there's therapy, there's people that could help, and really, I, I never had any angst against it. Um, I, in the Indian community, I would say it's very similar to the black community in which. You're not depressed. You just need, you need to go eat something, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not real, right? You, but I did. I will say that growing up, I remember, um, I remember there being issues in the community, mental health issues. I mean, there were a few. The Indian community is very tight knit and small throughout the country. So I remember there was, you know, a family in which the father killed himself, and then there was uh, another situation in which it was folks that lived close down down the street from where we lived, they came and they were seeking counseling from my mother because the husband was depressed. He was suicidal. So I remember my parents, um, specifically my mom, just aiding people, you know, talking through mm -hmm. people, not necessarily mm -hmm. denying them from an adult perspective. Now, from the child perspective, different story, right? Um, from a community perspective, different story. But I saw my mother recognizing that there was um, real needs there and, and being mm -hmm. able to work through it. So I was open to it. Um, I was very open to it. And like I said, I feel like the biblical truths that kind of resonated with me from my upbringing in the church was one, do not judge. I remember I read right. that and that was the one verse that always was like, okay, don't judge, don't uh, judge others. Don't judge yourself. Um, mm -hmm. so even when I would start going through the process, I see the question. When I yeah. started going through the process, it really, I, I didn't have those barriers. Um, I really didn't have those barriers because I think psychologically who I am, I have, um, I mean, there's like a lot of medical models and, you know, whatever the chemicals are in my brain. I really don't care what people think, <laughs> you know, I really don't. I, I will say from probably my twenties, no, I, before that, I, I realized at a young age that people were talking about me or saying lies about me that had nothing to do with what I was really doing. So I understood early on, oh, people are going to talk. Like, right. I can either let people talk and be affected by it, or I can just not. And I saw, I saw, I was very observant. So I would see how mm. in the Indian community, you know, everything was 
make sure you do what you're supposed to. You don't want people to talk about you. And it was so constricting. Right. Like it was so constricting. Right. So I knew it was going to help me. I knew the therapy was going to help mm. me. I didn't know anything about the different therapy models. I didn't know where to find a therapist. I mean, I, I just really started like searching. I, I was, I remember at the yeah. time I was in college, so I was on Medicaid. So shout out to Medicaid. All the therapy was free. Look at God. I think I was pregnant with my son. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and get all this therapy. Um, but yeah, That's I mean, the, the other thing about therapy is people think I just go and then it's going to work. No, I went through numerous therapists before I found a therapist that I connected with. One mm. in which I felt like I could be honest with her and not be judged. And there's no way to really, therapy is as good as our openness and our willingness mm. to be honest with the other person, which really requires trust. And so oftentimes we meet Sorry, a therapist. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, oftentimes we meet a therapist. I mean, I would say my first three therapists was like, I remember once I was breaking down and crying and the lady just looked at me, handed me a tissue and she was like, my mother died last week. I'm sorry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> she, you know, she, I, I, I knew she didn't have the space for it, but that didn't stop me. I mean, I had enough compassion to know, okay, you don't have the space for me, but mm -hmm. I still need to find somebody who does. Right. So mm, the persistence. The persistence to find somebody who's willing to help. Um, and then when you find it, it's like those relationships are life changing. I was in therapy consistently yeah. for a year and I remember her name, Bonnie Blouser at Sunbeam <laughs> Family Medical Services. I want to find this woman and just tell her thank you. Like it totally changed the trajectory of my life. Totally. Wow. That's dope. Yeah, no, she said therapy is only as good as your openness and willingness. I Listen, believe is what she said. Say and that one more things. time. <laughs> Therapy is only as good as your openness and willingness. I believe that's what she said. Now, yeah. there's two things I think people need to recognize with this. Constriction, when you feel confined, and freedom, when you feel liberated and open enough to express the, uh, the journey. And what I found mm -hmm. out, man, when it comes to subconscious mind, if you don't do the journey, the journey is going to do you. Yeah. Now you get to, you get to decide how the elements manifest themselves. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and I think that's a big deal when it comes to depression. You would think in our Western civilization, if 99 people are drinking from this well and 99 people get sick, and there'd be a conclusion that there's something wrong with the water. What's wrong yeah. with the water, right? But we we're so addicted to the confinement. I guess the social confinement, the social and uh, conformity. It, it causes us to confine into beliefs that don't serve our best interest. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a blessing for you to have enough um, attention and, and just feel like, you know, I can trust myself in this because I believe that's a big form of intimacy that we don't always get the experience. We don't trust ourselves enough to say, if I go through this journey, everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, there, you know, there's a quote, um, Les Brown said, my current way of thinking created problems that my current way of thinking can't solve. Albert Einstein, the same concept that created yeah. from cannot solve it the can't problem. Can't solve Absolutely. the problem. And when he said that, like I, I, I heard that the other day. And yes, you're right. That's Albert Einstein. I heard him um, when I was listening. Les Brown to him, did say that. that. Right. Let's go, baby. That space of of understanding that the, that where we are right now and the way we're doing things, if it's not working for us, we have to change the way we think and the way we are are perceiving and responding and reacting to what's happening in our world in order to make things better um, or different. Uh, should I say? And that's a space that I know, Prasita, you bring into your work when it comes to like working with people in that space of what intimacy looks like. How does that, how do you help them with that? Because I, we know it's, it's obviously bigger than just, well, try this position. Yeah. 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 I think people come into it and they're like, give me the juicy stuff. Yes. <laughs> like, what, what do I do? <laughs> Teach me about anatomy. But I structure it very intentionally that, you know, it, that's buildup, right? Like, that's not the first thing we talk about. That's like definitely towards the middle to the end of, of just the relationship that we enter in as working together on intimacy. Um, I would say the, the general structure of it is a lot of questions, right? Like if you're going to go into a doctor's office, the doctor is going to ask you what's wrong? Where does it hurt? You know, how have you been living? What have you been eating? What movements do you, same thing, right? Like I'm asking all these questions to understand what is the dynamic of your relationship? You know, first of all, are you guys safe and secure? 
do you have solid communication or are you guys toxic? You know, what, what, where do you fall on that dynamic? Mm. Um, and there does come a point where, you know, if, if there's a couple that presents in a toxic relationship, that's not really my area of expertise. You know, I'm going to refer them to therapy because that's, we can't work on intimacy when you don't have safety right. and security, right? Like you got to have right. that taken care of first, but a couple that does that have that, the things that can typically go wrong or that go awry is sometimes people just lose fun. You know, you've been together for a long yeah. time and you've lost the play. There's so many responsibilities. There's work. Yeah. There's kids. You've you've lost that. Um, there's resentment that's built up. You know, maybe maybe there were pains from six months ago, seven years ago, however long it is, and they were never really dealt with. They were never really talked about openly. And those have festered just like a wound, just like a cancer not left treated. And it, it's brought poison into the relationship. Um, sometimes a person wants to do some things and it's, it's really just like not a personality click, right? Like some people are very sensitive. Some people are very sensational seeking and, you know, introverted, extroverted. So if the personalities don't align, then that causes barriers as well. If love languages mm. are different, um, what else was I thinking? What's a common barrier that you see in regards to intimacy? Because there is there is one <laughs> space where you got to have union and intimacy in yourself and self-actualization and truly feeling that. But then there's also the aspect of it where some relationships are codependent because you are yeah. expecting this person to complement dynamics that you don't even have within yourself. Yeah. So, so talk about the gap between there. Yeah. So whenever, whenever I work with couples that I will be very clear on that, right, that there is, um, first of all, intimacy within self, right? Like when we're walking into a session, there is a certain framework, there's a certain belief system that is at the foundational core of whatever I'm teaching. So I'm definitely intentional on that, right? Like you are whole, you must be whole, each individual must be whole. Someone else does not complete you. You must be solid and happy, right? Like if the other thing, that's what I was thinking of. People oftentimes are frustrated in marriages because they have unlived potential. They have unlived mm. potential and they're watching their partner, their spouse do everything. And it's, you know, they're projecting their frustrations. Like, you know, and sometimes there's, there's honestly just not time given. There's lots of ways the relationships can die, but it comes down to probably about five or 10 core things. Um, but I would say that when, when people are codependent, you know, I take a step back. I say, well, that's, I understand why we are that way, right? We live in a society based on Christian religion where we kind of teach that, you know, husband and wife to come together and they're one. Uh, I think one and one doesn't equal one, right? Like one and one is much more than that in reality, but you have to right. be one and one first. So a lot of what I do at the beginning is really just focused on the individual, but yes. the couples are there together, right? Like they're listening yeah. to one another, talk about themselves and learning them more. But the biggest thing I would say, the biggest barrier to intimacy, which is going to sound like duh to people, but it's so true is communication because people think communication means talking, but communication is not talking. Communication is understanding. It's, mm, under it's, un it's understanding mm -hmm. the person from their perspective, right? Because I can listen to yes. you and I can understand you from my perspective, but I'm not you. So I have to understand you from your perspective. So if there's a couple and, you know, they're mad about something, right? A couple is like, oh, I just want you to do the dishes and the, something petty, right? Like, why you know i was here all day and you, i don't understand why like why, why do you want me to do the dishes it's just you know put them in the dishwasher but at the core of that you know it if i go with the stereotype the woman wants the man to do the dishes where is she coming from she's communicating she's busy she's tired she wants to feel loved valued appreciated by you doing this for her this is an act of service for her i know you know i'm looking at the situation of the man i'm like it's not even that hard like why why would that matter but it's understanding what is this person really trying to say and mm -hmm. that's the communication it requires a lot of self-awareness um, mm -hmm. it requires a lot of understanding our own triggers and then being able to have the patience to say okay this is what I hear you saying. I think this is what you're communicating to me. This is what I feel like you're telling me. Is that right? And then the other person having the patience and the calm to say, no, not exactly. Like this part is right, but this is what I'm saying here. But I mean, what happens in most conversations? You say something, you're like, oh, you never understand. Like that's, mm -hmm. it's always like this. You know, people, they lose patience. They're, they're tired of it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard, especially you would think sometimes it gets easier, right? But like, I think it's a bell curve and that bell is pretty big. You see couples mm -hmm. that have been together for 20, 30 years, they've probably gotten past the bell, but like, it's a lot of energy to keep an, to keep a relationship going. Right. And the thing is, is we continue to evolve. So the communication needs that we have when we're 20 and when Different. all we have to care about is 
passing classes is different than when we're 30 and now we have a house and we have a career and we have Man. a business and we have a child and we have elderly parents and we have, you know, family obligations. There's much more on the plate. So the amount of communication and intentional communication, you know, really taking the time, like there's a wonderful idea that exists in the world of relationships that there should be time honored. Just like you go to church every week, you need to have time with your partner every week, isolated for just communication, just emotional intimacy and trust. Same way in my world, you need to do the same thing with physical intimacy. You need to allocate time to physical intimacy. Some people want things spontaneous, which is great. You can do that on another day. You need right. to have a set structure where you say, this is our day, that regardless of what happens, we are going to reconnect as a couple because we're not brother, sister. We're not roommates. We have decided to come together. So let's do what God made for us to do. Right. You know, it's crazy. We, we get into relationships and we don't never uncover what is the intention of union, right? What should it look like as a friendship? What should it look like as a spiritual partner? What should it look like in these dynamics? But once you do peel back the layers of that, everything comes together in such a beautiful way. Yeah. I agree. And I, you know, the beauty in uncovering is the way that we, um, the way our lives traject, you know, there is like the older we get, the more maturity and wisdom and self-awareness we allow ourselves to have. I think mm -hmm. there is a point where we realize why was I put on this earth, right? There is something within mm -hmm. us, you know, that's like, that's what it is. We weren't, and even for me in my personal journey, I think that was the, the fire and the push that kept me going in moments where I've seen many other people crumble and where I wanted to crumble myself is like, I'm here for something. You know, my, my family right. went through what they went through for something. You know, they've passed the torch on to me, but what is my something? Um, right. And then with couples, you know, there is a power, there's always power in duality and in groups. So I think when, when couples can come together behind a, common purpose it it provides so much structure and meaning and for some couples that's you know children it's the family structure for some it's a business for some it's both um the pain happens when one what one partner wants doesn't align with what another partner wants you know mm -hmm. i would say that for my my personal relationship and my divorce that's kind of what happened to us we went different ways you know we were one way when we met in our early 20s and 10 years later you know i want to go this way and he wants to go this way and there's no there's no forcing that you know so it's right. a it's a it's a very polite you know well we got to let each other go you know it's, it's you you got to go do that path and i got to go do this path because there's no convergence they're actually conflict and the right. best way to coexist is to coexist separately right. um but when couples can find a common thing that really brings like you said life force energy into their relationship and brings that out into the world right like god brought us here to help create yeah, yeah cultivate yeah exactly it's all these things right we're not here to be isolated we're here to use our stories to inspire other people is to create whatever god has put into us you know we might have the next scientific breakthrough that's going to help but it's all about uplifting one another so the more mm -hmm. that we can come together and sometimes it's not even necessarily you're creating the same thing together um sometimes it can just be you have a space in which the other partner is allowed to be themselves right you know, they're, let's they're talk allowed. about that yeah. Let's talk about this, okay? Because this is what I see. This is what I see a root cause of codependency is that we get into relationships and we haven't fully uncovered who we really are. So now I have to try to complement this this relationship with the persona that identifies me. You know, you guys may have your own words. I think it's a personal ego, if you ask me. Yeah. A culmination <laughs> of experiences of where everybody else that we are. So let's talk about that re willingness to be my most authentic self and allow my my spouse the freedom of doing that for themselves as well. Yeah, because we live in a, We live in a culture that's about we talked about control and domination. And mm -hmm. historically, that's if you ask me, that's what relationships were confounded on, you know, maybe be European. But it was that you're like, I'm, I'm paying the bills. Women didn't even have rights like this. Yeah. And so a lot of women are being able to step into their authority while some people feel like masculinity is being threatened because now there is a sense of power struggle that we've been taught is the nature of a relationship. When the relationship should have more of a feminine and masculine balance where whatever you identify as as far as the free-flowing expression of creativity in your life is beautiful. And how can I complement that without it feeling like all you're doing, you and now I no longer own you. We treat relationships like property. Yes. 
We do. You know, you hit it right on the head because I, my belief is that we tend to struggle with people discovering themselves because a person being themselves threatens who we are. It, we have based our sense of worth, our sense of being on either the acceptance of ourselves within another person, because we don't accept ourselves, but the other person accepts us, or based on who we are in a relationship with another person. So if we're orbiting around each other, and then this orbit starts going this way, well, it's going to affect us because we're not in our own orbit. We're in a joint orbit mm. together. So a person, you know, going off on their own threatens us because we have tied our self-image into them rather than having our own self-image that like you said it counters the other person or you know i can come to you and you know we can we can bounce ideas off each other and see how we work well together it's more like i am me because you are you and we are a we together and so if you change we now you've changed me that's mm. that's not that's a choice we make we choose to operate in that paradigm you know it's tough because saying like like that's a space that i think is really relatively new for humankind because traditionally you know you you have man and woman they come together they get married they build a house on this land and they live the rest of their life there and let's face it their children's children might still live their lives right there in the same yeah. space so there was not much space for people to explore literally growing into a brand new person with a new purpose yeah. a new place a new experience you know a new outlook on life and a new, and new gifts to give so yeah. That space where our brains are still create, they're still the same brains they were, you know, yeah. millions of years ago. And reconciling that in a world that literally says, that allows us the space of, I live here in Oklahoma City right now, but in two months, I could live in Gambia, right? Yeah. And having those conversations in that reality with people is really hard when, you know, when like, exactly like you said, those, your orbits become different mm -hmm. how, how do we reconcile with that i got i got an answer for that too let's hear it so i think <laughs> you know i, I do think, <laughs> right 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 so i think it's the it's the beauty of knowing that i am a soul on a on an earthly journey mm -hmm. right and i think buddha talks about it and he talks about detachment because he talks about attachment being the cause of suffering and it's just like, you know, if you was to look at many cars going down the street, right, and you don't have any attachment to them, you can actually visualize it and see it as just an experience in life versus, oh, I think my wife is inside this car with somebody else, you know, and what's really going on. So it's only the way that our, our minds cognitively attach to certain aspects that causes us to take things so personal. That's what happens. Whenever you just allow things to be, it shows up in such a beautiful game, a beautiful way. Or let's take it from a sports game, a sports event. It's different from me watching a game. Let's say a friend invites me to the bar and I'm just watching the game and I can enjoy it versus me being a diehard fan. And I'm like, bro, if you ain't with this OU team, I don't like you. I don't like your family. <laughs> and if my team loses, then I'm fighting everybody in the bar. <laughs> Right. There's two different perspectives when we talk about attachment. And I think because the way our behaviors is wired, we identify and we internalize it as who we are. And that causes so much strain on everything in life. My opinion, once again. So I agree. I think in addition to that, to really add on to that, um, it's taking a step outside of us and realizing who us is as a person because mm. we talked about I mean you talked about the persona but most of us aren't most of us just live in the persona you know we're not taking a step back to to be honest with ourselves on I am raised in a patriarchal Christian based society what does that teach me well patriarchy teaches mm. me I must have rigid order it must be controlled there must be a system there must be structure none of these things are inherently bad right but it's right. different than a matriarchal society it's different on where the power lies and you know what's right. really valued in addition mm -hmm. to that i live in a world where it is very christian oriented so what does christianity teach me i'm supposed to suffer suffering is normal right. it is healthy you know it, it, you let me carry my cross like it is already a system in which we are expected to be in pain it's it's a, i mean the reality yeah. is it's a masochistic society it's a sadist and a masochistic society and because of that we kind of are like well you know this is just how it's supposed to be and i know i'm supposed to want something else but like i have to die to my flesh right like th these are the narratives we tell ourselves yes wow that, do we have to because there's so many other ways to be and you know what and you feel guilty when it comes to pleasure yes 
Yeah. That's the crazy yes. thing. <clears throat> so good, like laughter, bro. Like, and that's why I talk about science, right? Because the biology, our immune system gets healthier with laughter. That right. tells me that God orchestrated us to be in a happy space. This should be a healthy, natural occurrence. But I do see people that are suffering and the belief system does not serve their best interest, but they won't let it go. Yes. I wrote in my book how no one has to get you to throw away your purpose if you relinquish the authority that you never knew you had. Mm. Yeah, type that down, Damon. <laughs> no, one, no one has to get you to, to throw away your purpose if you relinquish authority you never knew you had. And because this is this is the problem that I've seen, and this is what really helped me graduate from religion, is that I subjected myself to beliefs that did not serve me. You know what I'm saying? I had a friend that was gay, loved him with all my, my life, you know, served, did life with him from so many years. And when he died, it was, well, he, he lived a simple life. He chose yeah. his pathway, right? And I was like, man, we really have no compassion for the human soul. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Travel broadens Ooh. you. <laughs> Travel broadens <laughs> you to different ways of operating and viewing things. Man. If we Ooh. welcome it, I think travel also, you know, we tend to sometimes do travel in a touristy way, but if we actually just culturally immerse ourselves and see the different ways that people operate and why and approach it without judgment, there's just so much to learn. Oh, facts. If we can release prejudice. Yeah. Oh, man. That's what I like about your post. So let's talk about liberation because we have a talk about this. <laughs> you are non, uh, what is it, monogamous? Correct. So I want to talk about that because that's totally outside the scope of, of, of what, how we perceive the world. So yeah. tell me about that and how you got to this journey and yeah. how has it shaped your perspective in regards to relationships? Man, it's been beautiful. So how I started is as I was doing, as I started doing intimacy coaching, I had a lot of clients who were either polyamorous or in open marriages um, or, or they lived the swinging lifestyle. So I realized I had an education gap on just what these lifestyles look like. Um, so I read quite a few books. There's one that's pretty popular and famous. It's called The Ethical Slut. I think I was, it was released in like the, the, night, the Ethical Slut. Hey, type that down, David. <laughs> I don't know the author, but the And then I read one that was just recently released, and it's called Polysecure. And it, first mm. of all, what it made me realize is I have always been non-monogamous, like always in my life. There's never been a point in my life where I have just depended on one person for my sexual needs, for my emotional needs, for my intellectual needs. And especially after I got my divorce, I realized that I preferred that lifestyle. I was happier and mm. healthier when I was not um, forcing, yeah, forcing one person to carry all this weight. I know who I am. I know how much energy I bring. That's a lot to ask one person to, su to support me in that. Um, and I, I, you know what? I will say, thank you. You found the author. Um, I will say, you know, non-monogamy is hard for a lot of people because they're like, oh, I'm too jealous. I'm this and this and that. There's a word that I teach people that comes from um, polysecure. The word is compersion, C-O-M-P-E-R-S-I-O-N. It is, it is the antidote to jealousy. It, it means to have joy in another person's relationships for them. So rather mm -hmm. than being personally attacked or feeling as if um, a person's a relationship with someone else threatens me, you're, gr you're glad for them. You are having joy for them. You are happy that they are with somebody who meets a need that they have and you don't feel threatened by it. So, I mean, I have, mm. at this point, I have, I have four lovers, right? So not every lover I'm always sexually intimate with, but every lover I have intimacy with, and I'm not always sexually intimate with them every consistent time, but I know they also have other lovers and I, I don't feel threatened by it. It doesn't bother me. You know, we kind of have the rules that we've established based on just being physically safe, right? Like when do we use protection? You know, how, in what relationships and what, what spheres are we doing that? Cause I don't want to be, you know, catching anything and I don't want them to either. So we're very upfront about that. We also talk about, you know, what type of relationship is this? Is this an open relationship? Do you want to know about my other lovers or would you rather not, you know, cause I want to honor that person and I want to see, you know, what, what's the flow like? Um, but yeah, I mean, I know, so one of my lovers is always traveling with another one of his lovers, you know, it's, and I ask, how was your trip? And he'll send me pictures. It was good. It was this and this and that, you know, it, it, is, such, it is such an open relationship because it's a friendship. It's a friendship right. when I'm not threatened by my, my friend who just also happens to be a lover, having other friends that are also lovers. I'm actually just happy for him because I'm, I can't go to, you know, Mexico with you in the middle of a week. 
But if you have someone right. else that can, then good. Like, go get that travel. I'm happy for you. Um, and it's also good for me because for me personally, I know the the energetic feels of each relationship you know i know where i can go to who um i kind of know where the the specific strengths are in the relationship and i don't necessarily have a um a hierarchy so a lot of people who are in poly relationships some of them will be married so you know there's like a primary dominant relationship which is the married couple and they might have side lovers i'm what the book calls solo polyamorous which means that my primary relationship is with myself is with you um, <laughs> Yes, my primary relationship is with me. Um, so everyone else is just like, it's like a spider web. It's not like a ladder. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk about the role of consent within all of this. Because I've seen you just, you talk Ooh. about a lot of, about that on your Instagram. Consent is a must. And it's constant communication, constant communication. It's, I think for one, consent is, um, it requires a degree of awareness about what even requires consent <laughs> and the reality is most things require consent um i mean i'm it, it, i wouldn't want my children to become adults to just like go up and kiss random people right so right. i don't want to assume that like i can kiss someone like I, even talking about that like and even in the world of like physical intimacy right like where we can have communication on can i touch you here can i kiss you here does this feel good does this bring you pleasure you know that's all a part of normal everyday language for me or hey you know like can I hold your hand or you know is it okay if I like touch your hair just consent in all ways are you okay I mean I will say that I'm very intentional whenever I take on a new lover to be honest about that like hey there is someone new that's like in my life now this is a person that's very important to me um how do you feel you know, what do you need from me right now so that you feel secure in our bond? And so you know that regardless of who else is in my life, that does not affect you and me because him and me could never be you and me. Like, what, right. what, are, what are your needs right now? What do you need for affirmation? What do you need to know that we still have a connection? You know, what does that Powerful. look like? So it's a lot. It's a lot of communication, a lot of awareness and a lot of like empathy and gentleness. You know, it's really approaching yeah. relationships with intentionality about being safe places for pleasure, for play, for innocence. It's like this is what adulthood is supposed to be like. You know, we're you know, kids, we're waiting for. Man, that's the crazy thing about it, though, is like we take this out of the relationship as we get older and it's mm -hmm. the, the it's the vitality of relationships yeah it's it's knowing that i have a desire to protect what makes you feel secure to be a component of your pleasure yeah right and not just obligation to duties and making sure i provide and protect you know what i'm saying yeah that is really interesting when i see the healthy aspect of that on the other side this would be the duality aspect i guess you can say yeah but the healthy aspects of the other side outside of the prejudice that's really really interesting okay so let's talk about the double standards now oh, go ahead damon <laughs> no go for it you listen I'm, this is the quiet i've been and, and <laughs> Listen, that's she's because doing, this is amazing. <laughs> she's, she's doing great, man. She has a lot of insight, and I'm really loving this. Plus, she's an engineer, so her mind is very intricate. She can break down so many layers of it. So, I right, wanted, so let's that, start. That's it. That's what I wanted to talk about is that space of intersectionality where, where the way you see things, even in that very analytical engineering mind and how you approach that to how we ourselves are engineered yeah. And how we engage in that mm. is beautiful. It's so powerful. I agree. And it's so powerful. And I love that space because we keep, you know, we keep putting ourselves in these boxes where you can't be an engineer and a a person who really helps people dive into intimacy. Why not? Those things. Right. Like, what? Specialization. Yeah, specialization, right? Yes. It's because I specialize in this. I have to stay in this lane and not yeah. assimilate. That's probably the powerful aspect of going through that journey of understanding yourself is that you don't have to be confined. There's yeah. like universal channels. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So I, I just I had to shout that out because this is <laughs> where where we when we talk with, with within this platform, we talk with men and like we talk about our mission is to empower men with skills and tools to grow and build better communities. But that no nowhere in there do we tell them exactly what skill they need or what yeah. what that what that community is supposed to look like for them and i love yeah. the freedom that you bring to the space of of really learning ourselves and moving into that space of how we interact with others on uh, the most beautiful level yes thank you 
Thank people you. ask this why I'm at so on our podcast. This is why. <laughs> yeah. So talk about, bro, I haven't made it to that point, but I like the idea of the detachment to where, and I can admit, I've been egotistical to the point to where, and I'll tell you when I was challenged with this. So me and my wife had this self-care thing. She goes away for the weekend. Go get a room, babe. Just get away from the kids. Get away from me. Get away from work and go do whatever you want to do so that you can go back and you can, you know, recharge and reset in whatever fashion that look for you. And so I've said to certain people, they're like, what? You let your wife go? That is crazy. I'm like, bro. And my wife, she allows me to do that too. But we recognize that this had to be an intentional to be able to reset and refocus on the things that's important to us because I cannot be uh, a valuable partner that can help aid you in whatever your life is supposed to look like unless I'm able to consider it for myself. Yeah. And so that really allowed me to be able to look at why is my belief system even like this? Yeah. Why do I feel like I have to control a person? And why should anybody yeah. need any permission from me to live out their life? That's right. weird. That is so weird. But everybody have different, you know, constructs and where they believe. But that's just, that's just what I found out, you know, that works for us. And so for you, because you, you were married at once, and this is totally different, Right. Um, what are some of the barriers that you've had to deal with in regards to a conditioned belief system you had? Ooh. First thinking that I had to get married, thinking that I was mm. complete in order, like that I was only complete through marriage. Um, that me, you know, being single meant that there was something wrong. Um, getting a wow. divorce was a huge, you know, I had to really deal with what is this spiritually introduced into my family? You know, the, the fact that I have, I'm going to get a divorce. My children are going right. to see this, you know, do I have, do I give myself permission? You know, can I release the fear? What's the alternative? Wow. Seeing my children see two parents unhappy and married. Is that what I want to show them? You know, giving, giving myself the permission to have that and all of the shame that goes with it, all of the judgment, you know, like I said, I'm from India. India is like, you know, Man. 750 years behind, you know, they were like, I don't even know that most of my family knows because just of the way that it would be received. And there's a point where yeah. I, I recognize the levels kind of in my own family of, of the degree to which they can handle me authentically. And I, I to protect kind of their mental well-being, <laughs> I put barriers <laughs> because I know they can't handle it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those are the big things. For one, the belief that I had to get married. Why? Who told me that? You know, I know who told me that. My grandmother. My grandmother told me, get married at 23, have your first child at 25. And I did. <laughs> I did what she told me to do because she's my grandmother and she's the matriarch. And so I did it. And then I thought, well, what has that done for me? You know, well, yeah. I know for sure the children were absolutely a part of my healing self-love journey. Um, but that and then, you know, getting over the fact that I was um, divorced, I think in, in addition to that, in our culture and in our society, um, it's very different than in India in the sense that in India, it's just newly starting to become a thing for women to work a lot. So we benefit from having mothers that don't work, from cousins, sisters, aunts that don't work, that are there to help with child raising. I don't have that. M Except for my mother who's Man, still working, all my yeah. family is in India. So I had to accept the belief that I am allowed to be more than a mother. I am allowed to be a, a woman. I am allowed to do things that are sexual. Um, and that's okay. The fact that I'm a mother doesn't mean I can't. I can wear crop tops because I want to, because I work for this body, this body carried children. Let's like, go, I'm, baby. I, I'm going to wear the crop tops. You know, it was all of these shedding of like my my culture, my, my society, everything has told me, you know, you have to be a mother first. You, you have to do these things because you're a mother. No, I don't. I don't have to do any of those things. And just like letting myself be, and then giving myself the permission to figure out what's my why, you know, that took a lot of time. So what's my why, what, what has happened to me? Um, and how can I take that and take that pain and like transmute that energy into mm. love and into light and letting that happen because the field that I picked clearly is, it's not a traditional field. You know, it's not a field that like, when I talk to people about it, some people are like, Oh, I thought that was only in porn. <laughs> I didn't know that was even real. Um, so I think the beliefs that we're supposed to follow these rules that we're yeah, supposed man. to check these boxes. And then once these boxes mm -hmm. are checked, you have to be a certain way. You have to look a certain way. You have to dress a certain way, you know, just letting that go and just letting myself yeah. be me. There's a book that I like. Um, it's called how to be an adult in a relationship. Wow. 
Right. She right. Dropping, look, she's dropping books, bro. Come on, son. <laughs> that one is good. And there, oh, let's see if I can remember. He talks about five things allowance, acceptance, affection, appreciation, and attention. That those are the five A's that every relationship needs. Um, romantic or not. And I will say that from, from the different lovers in my life, I have all of that, specifically the allowance and the acceptance of me to be me. And every intimate relationship, sexual or non sexual, in our life, needs to feed us that you know if the closest people to us judge us when we say we have an idea or don't yeah. provide love and nourishment mm-hmm. how can we truly un, you know right you know that just everything. really that, that just really helps me realize that sometimes that's where that attraction comes from and people feel guilty in certain yeah. relationships but that attraction to say that i have a biological need that may not be provided right now yeah it's something that i feel like is tugging on my soul with a desire to experience that yeah yeah, Interesting. it is. It is. That's a space where we all have to 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 constantly reconcile, right? Yeah. Yeah. To recognize just how powerful our subconscious is in trying to get that need, even when it is detrimental to us in that moment, or for for who we want to be and who we're growing to be. And that's yeah. a space where, like, full circle, that speaks to the importance of that intimacy and understanding yourself. And really accepting yourself so that you can recognize, oh, this is what just happened. And this is why. So that it's not always about finding the person to blame, finding the the system to blame, which is there. We're not taking away from those things. But sometimes, like, we have to be able to say, and I, Donnell and I had this conversation earlier today, literally. I was like, yo, I did this because subconsciously I was chasing that. And validation. I I thought I was past that. I thought I was past yeah. needing that validation. And that space of knowing ourselves is something that you are bringing to every person. Man. You know, can I, so, can I say something? Because well, validation, the other the the other end of validation is affirmation. So, mm, I, you know, we have to honor ourselves. We want affirmation, right? Like, we want to be affirmed. And that that's a human need. If we mm-hmm. don't have the affirmation to ourselves at the core, you know, like true intimacy is I accept all of you. I accept the good, the bad. I accept you wholly. Right. And I don't have rose colored glasses to just project onto you the best. I just Ooh. accept you. And like that affirmation we tend to sometimes we tend to want the cheap version of it, which is validation. But the, the deepest thing we want right. is affirmation for who we are as beings. Yes. I yeah. like it. I like it. She just well, gave yeah, you all yeah. the duality aspect of that. The lower <laughs> vibrational of it, validation, the higher accepted, acknowledged, affirmed. Listen, you get love. So Kenyatta says, I love it. I am allowed to be more than a mother. I loved it. I'm surprised we didn't yeah. put on there. I am allowed. I am worthy. I am equipped. Yes. Right? I am deserving. Ashley said, what up? Man, we got a lot of people on here, man. I want you I guys to keep trying to questions. share it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this Macko is the You got to be honest before you can fix the problem. You have to yeah. be honest Ooh. before you can fix the problem. Yeah, yes. this, this is a space where, like, so we're going to have to wrap this up, but the conversation doesn't have to end. I want y'all to yeah. like, comment, share this, ask your questions, because we want to keep talking about this. Yeah. Also, yeah. you guys, this is stuff that, like, Priscilla, as much as we love you, we know you we can't welcome you into the man cave, but there, yeah. are, conversations, there are conversations like this. Yeah. And and I want to, to implore everybody watching this, um, however you identify, to find those places in those spaces where you can explore that comfortably and respectfully Man. for yourself. Yeah. Right. I want you to proceed to finish. I want you to talk to our, talk to the guys for, for a second, because when we talk about relationships, sex, intimacy, you know, we've 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 dove into deeply kind of some of the structures that already guide us. But what what would you share for guys who are trying to trying to live the life that brings joy and happiness in this society? Yeah, that's powerful. Okay. First I wanna say that there is no intimacy without vulnerability. Mm. And vulnerability requires inner strength inner power and wisdom, because we cannot be vulnerable with everyone if we do not have the inner power to sustain their reactions. And if we don't have the wisdom to know what their reaction will be, right? If you are trying to be vulnerable with a person who does not affirm you, you're going to get hurt. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's without a doubt. That's what's going to happen. And, and the wisdom there is taking a step back and realizing this person is not hurting me because of me. This person is hurting me because of them. 
They right. have something that they need to work on and I am triggering it in them. And so th they have an opportunity to project onto a mirror and I'm that mirror. Um, there is a wisdom in developing the skill to understand who can I be vulnerable with? You know, who who is going to allow me that space? Because everybody, especially men in a world where you're, as a, as a man, you're not allowed to be soft. You have to be strong, you have to be power, you have to be might, you know, you have to carry the world and, and everything on your back. You need a place as a man where you can take all that off and say, I'm a human. I'm a human with an inner child who's a little boy, and I need that same love and affection and just welcoming that my mother gave me. As an adult man, I still need that sense of love. So intimacy comes with vulnerability. Um, vulnerability executed well comes with wisdom, wisdom and strength. Um, in addition to that, once you have an intimate relationship, the flow is very healthy when the divine feminine is honored first. And always. So if I take it to the bedroom, warm the woman up. Practically, warm the woman up. And I don't mean like what you see on porn, I guarantee you there's a difference between desire and arousal. Arousal is the body. The woman's body is connected to the mind. Men can take a pill and you are aroused. There is no pill for women because the pill is your mind. Your mind has mm. to feel safe. Your mind has to know you're not going to be rushed. Your mind has to know that there is going to be space here for you to just be. So be intentional. If you have a lover to not rush her, to be in tune with her, to learn attunement, right? Emotional and physical attunement and relax her body, relax her body and the entire body. Cause I'm an intimacy question. I'm gonna leave you with a little bit of that. And then emotional attunement is really just uh, awareness of a person. Like when a person is sad or angry, what do they look like? You know, how do right. they carry their bodies? How are they standing? What does their face look like? It's, it's because women are emotional beings. Like the divine feminine is very emotional and women love when a man attunes to that emotion. You know, when, when you walk in and someone sees you and they know what you need and they're just attuned and they understand before you even need it. There's something about that that will make women just, wet <laughs> like this person sees me this person sees me so if i have to you know wrap it up those would be the two things i gave you a little bit of sex because i'm an intimacy coach so there's man that. this is powerful <laughs> go ahead and rewind all of that and watch it <laughs> yeah man go ahead and like share Woo. that was ridiculous i that... enjoyed every bit of this good Christina, thank you we want to share tell, tell everybody where they can find you Yes, find me on Instagram at miss.prasita. Um, now, I will say on there, I'm very, very open. I, I love my body, so you're going to see my body. I, I'm going to share everything. It's it's not a G-rated page, so just know that. It's not X-rated, <laughs> but it's not G-rated. <laughs> so don't come on there expecting like, oh, she's just going to just talk. Nope. Nope, that's my page. Uh, uh, and then my Snipseed. So you can book a consultation with me if you really just want to talk. Um, really, you can DM me too on Instagram. You can book a tarot reading because I do um, yes. I do tarot readings for people. I've been doing them for a while. You can just send me a gift and then you can also sign up for intimacy coaching. So uh, if you've watched this and you want to do a consultation, DM me because I'll give you the consultation for free. Because it dope. is there's a charge for it on the page. But just DM me, let me know you watched it and you can get it for free. That's legit. That's, oh, man, you're showing up. For the <laughs> I love the work that you're doing. And this this is why we create this platform, because there there has to be spaces where where we can have these conversations and where we can explore these things without the yeah. judgment, without the space of trying to convince someone who they should be or what they should be doing. And you are, are um, like magnificent in this space. And so we thank you. We thank you for thank sharing that. You. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you, you being open and sharing, you know, and the fact you're trying to inform, but being able to share your story and then utilize it as a way of helping people navigate what sometimes people don't, you don't have the ability to overcome, yeah. right? So thank you for your courage, being courageous um, and just being willing to share that because that's beautiful. I think that's what life should be about, really. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me. It's been an honor and a joy. Oh, I'm I'm excited. This is and this will not be our last conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You know, I feel like I feel like we got to get her and Katasha at the same time. Oh, yeah. oh, this sounds good. I don't I don't know what this Woo. is gonna do, but yeah. this sounds Woo. good. Okay, yeah. listen, I got a whole idea. Okay, we are gonna talk about yeah. that. Let's we'll talk about that later. For right now, though, tell us what's coming up with Modern Manhood right now. Say what's up, you guys. You know what it is. We got Father's Month going on. This is the month of June where we're going to be highlighting many activities of healthy fatherhood. This does not exclude mothers. So mothers, please register on manhoodmasterclass.com. All right. We have our first event jumping off this Sunday. This yeah. Sunday and all the events are free. Go ahead and tell them about My Daddy, My Hero. 
Listen, my daddy, my hero is our um, homage to what it looks like to be protectors and providers in our families and in our community. So what we're doing is we're going to be teaching a free CPR class and also have a free um, um, field day. Gosh, what, oh, field day. No, Self-defense, self right. So we're going to have some space for us to explore CPR and to explore self-defense um, with some with some phenomenal people in our community. I'm not just talking about myself. Um, and so we're really excited about this because we want you families to come out. Fathers, bring your kids so that they can understand some of these skills and what to look for and how to be safe in their space. And also, we can also show that we know what it looks like to be safe. And then, and then after all of that fun stuff, because that's going to be fun by itself, we're going to do a field day where we're, take, we're bringing out the tug of war, we're bringing out the bounce house, we're bringing out the hot dogs and the food for the kids. We're bringing out all the fun things that really say we're going to enjoy this summer. We're going to enjoy family, healthy families, and we're going to shout out our fathers. And I, Donnell, I got to say that, you know, one of the experiences we've had with this is that we've had mothers who have been a little reluctant because we are speaking so specifically to fathers, but healthy families are, is our mission. Right, so, right. so, you know, I, when we talked about this, someone said, well, I'm not a father. Should I come? And I said, is that important in the community you want to see? seeing and being around healthy fathers they were like well yeah so everybody's invited out to this it's, right, it's a yeah. free event it's going to be sunday this sunday so two days from now and we're going to be at the place to be event center um on northeast shout 10th. out to kenyatta shout out to kenyatta shout out to the family Courtney. who are really gonna uh yeah place really to be pairing with us and yesterday i went and picked up some um some supplies that were um donated from uh uh, culture fits and uh, their mission. So we're really excited about this and we want the families to come out and really kick off this Father's Month in in like the best summer fashion. So come out there, get ready for some water balloons. So um, go Definitely ahead. hula hoops. Hula I, if you guys ain't seen the commercial, my kid beat me in the hula hoop last time, but don't trip because all of them yeah. going to get this hula hoop smoke and I'm bringing Keep water guns. It's going down. That's it. So listen, after go listen, pack a bag so you can change out of your church clothes and let's let's go out and celebrate healthy families. Absolutely. All right. Also, just a quick shout out for the other events we got coming up during the month. Right. We've got our conversations with Daddy's Girl, which is going to be an amazing conversation. Get the tissue out and um, go on and sit down with your pops and 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 watch all this love as we're pouring out to fathers who are really, really making an impact in our world with four phenomenal women who can't wait to shout out. And they pop. ready. They're ready. They're ready. We're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be doing Donut Friday, you guys, which is coming up. We'll Let's talk go, more G. about that um, with Janelle Pratchett and um, and Bell Books and Boutique, and so we're excited about that. We also have, of course, shout out Happy Father's Day. It's gonna be June nineteenth, and it's gonna be Juneteenth. So y'all get out there. You know the grills. The Earth is gonna be like five degrees hotter because every grill in the world is going to be on. <laughs> so we got to get ready. <laughs> ready. And then we're going to follow that up with our Daddy's Day in the park, which is going to be June 25th. It's going to be our biggest shindig, and we're doing a barbecue contest. So if you think you got the best barbecue in the, in the city and you're under five years old as an organization because we're showing love to brand new small businesses, y'all come out there and try to win this trophy and this, uh, this cash prize with us. Finally, we're going to finish that up with our um, fatherhood round table. We've got 10 dynamic fathers who are going to be talking about what the experiences uh, of being a father looks like and feels like and really um, bring some light to the spaces that 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 let the world know that we're showing up. We're here. Yeah, this is beautiful, man. I'm um, so excited about it. I'm excited because this really does challenge the way in which we view fatherhood. It really does allow, I guess you could say the inner child. I'm still fighting on custody for my inner child, right? And so yeah. this allows us to be able to experience not only some of the things that we did not get to experience growing up, but it does allow us to say what type of intention do we want to see when it comes to fatherhood, when it comes to fun, when it comes to safety, when it comes to us being the leaders that we are called to be and the impression that we need to make in our community. That's I love it. it. I love it. Proceed. So, Miss Proceeded, you killed it, son. You killed it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thanks for creating the space for it. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so, so much. And again, like she said, if y'all looking for a consultation, DM her and let her know you watched this episode. She's showing some love for y'all. And that was that was a surprise. Hey. So we're excited about that. We appreciate you. Yo, yes, Thurman, that good. was your question because Thurman has some questions. Some people ask questions. So DM her. Yeah, you know what I'm get the <laughs> consultation, even if it's something out the scope of what you think that you may find acceptable. I've gotten a reading before. I've done things I've never done before because I wanted to challenge the aspect of who I did not know within myself. 
Go and yeah. do it just to do it. You know what I'm saying? Release Absolutely. all the judgment, you guys. Release the prejudice that's preventing you from being able to explore greater depths of who you are. I guarantee the reward, you cannot put a cost on it. All right? Yeah. Unconditional well. love. Unconditional, Unconditional love. love of self. Yeah. yeah. What a way to finish. Thank you so much, Mr. Priscilla. <laughs> we can't wait till the next time we get together. Likewise, y'all. Have a good weekend. You as well. Absolutely. Peace.